Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're back with another special edition of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. The storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now. It's been the, the best told story leading into this on WWE. This, this pay-per-view, it feels big, it feels important, but... Ultimately, it's the biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it, I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so That's right, guys. You know what time it is. We're back for another special edition of the Big Go Belt Wrestling Podcast on our Wednesday episode. Uh, two champs here. My camera's working finally. I, I figured it out. So here I am. Um, tag teaming along with the good Silly Sellers. Yo, 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 what it do on the Indians game two against the terrible sock or terrible Cubs? About to call them the terrible socks. We're in Chicago Cubs land now. <laughs> It'd be interesting if um if Aaron was around, maybe we get a little bit of tension going on here. I think he's a Cubbies fan, right? I, uh, I don't know if he's a Cubbies fan, but he will support the Cubs since they are from Chicago. Yeah. Sounds like New York fans, whatever team is winning, they all of a sudden become a fan of that team, right? There, there you go. There you go. However, we do have an authentic Mets fan with us, uh, our resident Indies special, um, specialist, <laughs> Mr. Giant Crab himself. Jamal, what's going Hello. on, brother? What up? Uh, nothing much. Um, I can't. I, I just can't with these uh, with these Cubs. The World Series is going on right now. It's going to be a good day. Hey, look. Hey, look. Uh-oh. I'm here. Uh-oh. That's all that matters. You know what? D-Wayne, he has arrived. D-Wayne, you just made the list. <laughs> hey, look. Hey, look. I have, a, I have a lot of things on my list. Oh, I got the list done, too. It's funny because before I, before I uh, introduced Jamal, I was just going to say – Watch uh, Dwayne just jump in. He, like he don't respond to test ma- messages, nothing. But eight o'clock, he did. So whatever. Hey, look, I, I was trying to, you know, I was trying to set up a, a few things real quick. Yeah. So right. that's it. You here? So we're good to go. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going with, I'm going with the Indians just off the record because, um, no. Yep, yep, yep. Do not mess with the Cubs. Um, they're going to be good for like the next three years. So I'm just going to be hating for the next three years until that whole experiment blows up in their face. Hey, look. Care about the Cubs? Yeah, I, I can guess every team that you're a fan of. I also be a Cowboy fan, but you're clearly a Yankees fan. And no, actually, I hate the Yankees. Doesn't even make sense. <laughs> <laughs> every, every Cowboys fan is allegedly should be a, a Yankees fan just because y'all just jump on teams that was winning during this, a certain time period. Yeah, actually, our, kid, I, our livelihood, our kid lives. Actually, I, I wasn't a Yankees fan. <laughs> and Until, what, Gina retired? So you like no. I was, I actually, I was a Dodgers fan until the Nets came in town. What? So, like, are, are there padded seats on your bandwagon, or do you, like, how does that work exactly? <laughs> <laughs> I was a Dodgers fan. I mean, like, but by way of your extensive time in Los Angeles or your your, your lineage from Brooklyn, I mean, like, I'm trying to see how what the what where the correlation between Irving, Texas, Brooklyn from the 40s uh, until LA. How does that how does that happen? 
I don't know. I mean, I saw them on TV (laughs) when I was younger, and I was just like, hey, they're cool. (laughs) And then, and then, like, you know, back then, this is before Mike Piazza went to the Mets. I was just like, yo, he's cool. Okay, so I can I can assure you that you are. That is better analysis than on ESPN. I'll give you that. Like, so I mean that, that yeah. that's how I be, that's how I became a, a Dodgers fan. No, but, that totally makes sense. But I mean, then the Nets came to town. I was just like, yeah, should I? You know, Nets were horrible at first, and I was just like, yeah, you know. They made the playoffs their first year. Mm, I mean, they did, but it's, Soriano was like hit forty forty their first year. I mean, yeah, but still, I mean, it was the years after. Oh, that. Okay. <laughs> oh, so that first year was 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 bad, even though it wasn't. And the years after that were not very good. Yeah, horrible. I'll give you that. No, they were horrible. <laughs> you, know, okay. you know they were horrible. Everyone knows yeah, those, 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 those years are horrible. But, I mean, I, I still look out for the Dodgers. I was happy that they um made it to the uh, NLCS. But, I mean, you know, I know that Clayton Kershaw had a – has a horrible habit of just not showing up in the postseason. I mean, surprisingly, he showed up a little bit this postseason. But in the past, I'm just like, eh. Well, to be fair, he pitched like every other day. Uh, I mean, because the Dodgers rotation is trash. Yeah, they're, they're Tommy, trash. Tommy John, Tommy John was lurking real. <laughs> yeah, he would have pitched one more game. He's creeping. He's creeping. Yeah, he definitely was. But, okay. Uh, Okay, yeah. hold on, wait, real quick, two chains. Let me ask. I'm gonna give I'll give Jamal a quick quiz. Okay, like Dwayne, my teams are all over the place. So, it's because of players I love growing up. Now, Jamal, I'm gonna give you my four teams. You just have to tell me which player that I love on that team. Are you ready? Hold on, we still not done with me. So oh, yes, no, hold on, hold on. Yes, I'm a Lakers fan. Mine's gonna be a quick four. I love the Lakers. Though. I'm I'm absolutely yeah. love. I mean, Nick Van Exel was the, started with Nick Van Exel. And then, oh, Randall. What? Wait, what? Nick what? Van Exel was the nice, the lefty. Come on, how can you not like Nick yeah, Van Exel? Kobe. No, 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 no. Kobe. no one said. No, no one said that they like didn't like Nick Van Exel. <laughs> no one said they didn't like Van Exel. It's just that when you think of the Lakers and you think of some of the greatest basketball teams of all time in the history of the earth. Yeah. Nick Van Exel doesn't belong on the on the library of the book. I know the that, Lakers but see, I just said it started with him, and then you know, how did it start with him? Because I just, I'm like, oh, honestly, like I'm not saying that Van Exel was a bad guy. Because I, like I mean, work. I was first of all, we all know the Showtime teams, but you have to realize I was kind of young back then. So I mean, I was when Showtime was going on. I was when Matt Josh retired. I was about four. So, right, right, right. So, like, so that Showtime era, I, I missed that also. Yeah. Um. So I, I didn't stay up for the late so, show because you know cable costs money. And we ain't had yeah. that. So I mean, back in '93 when Nick Van Exel came in, I was just oh. The <laughs> only person that had a Nick Van Exel jersey was you and his mother. <laughs> Nick Van Exel. No one was hey, buying that. Hey, y'all. Hate Nick Van Exel had this smooth lefty jumper. Not smooth he was just he Hey, nobody talking about, but Calvin had slow motion. Let's not talk about that. So no, then, like, then cool. Eddie Jones came in the picture, and then you know, I was a, I'm a huge Kobe fan. Oh well, there well, there's John. Okay, now you ready there's, for the quiz, Jamal? Real quickly, so we can get on topic for the yes, show. I okay, am. so here's the first one from baseball: Cleveland Indians. Who is the player? 
Well, that, that's unfair to know, like, when you actually watch okay, the teams. Think, I could everything say everything is, is mid-90s. Everything is mid-90s. Of course, like, early childhood, mid-90s. Uh, since you like the Indians, and I'm assuming that you're not a racist, uh, I'm going to go with um, Kenny Lofton. Correct. Okay. <laughs> Detroit. I'm going to say I'm assuming that you're not a racist. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I mean, it's the Indians, Chief Wahoo, really, on the reservation. Exactly. Are we serious? Are we serious right now? Okay. But it, it's funny because you just said, I'm, I'm assuming that you're not a racist, but you went for the black guy. There is an entire team of black and black. The affirmative action guy was white. Albert Bell. I mean, you had a great squad back then. Uh, Okay. Uh, Detroit Red Wings hockey. Who's who's the player? Oh, God. Of course you like the Red Wings. Um, 90s also. Uh, I'm going to go Nicholas Lynch. No, Steve Yarzerman. Oh, correct. Two for two. Okay. So now we're going to move to the Phoenix Suns. Now I'm going to give you a clue. The Phoenix Suns are not the mid-90s. The Phoenix Suns are late 90s because of the addition that I followed him so long. So who who is that Well, it's not Martian Gortat. So late 90s. 90s. He should go kill himself. Antonio McDice. Antonio McDice, incorrect. Wow. Ooh. If If somebody that came to Phoenix and was kind of past their prime, a little bit past their prime, but I still love it. <laughs> Shaq? Nope, not that. No, late 90s. Still mid to late 90s. Think 97, yeah. 98. Okay. You're, you're on the right track. You're on the right, very show. much so on the right track. Uh, late 90s. The 94, 95 team he was on was my favorite basketball team of all time. So he played with Shaq. I feel like that. No. I mean, I, I, to be fair, I don't know basketball as much as I know hockey and baseball. You know, like good sports. But um, I'm I'm drawing a blank on like the ninety Grant Hill. Nope, Penny Hardaway. Ah, oh, I forgot he was there. Yep, temporarily, but he was there, and that's when I yeah. just stayed with Phoenix. Since then, I was a huge Magic fan, but I just followed Penny. Lastly, the San Francisco 49ers. Who's the player? Of course, everyone knows that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a football guy. Um, and there could be a couple. It could be. But there could be a couple. I, I'm gonna go Jerry Rice. Be correct. So three out of four, not bad. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. You could easily say Montana there. Yeah, you could have easily. Nah, he wasn't going to say yeah. Montana. Everyone's Jay Rice. Unless you're Caucasian. And the- wow. We're just going to throw that out there then. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm true. Yeah. So, so there's that, you know. <laughs> you put the deep wahoo on him. Yeah. No racism intended. Well, oh, of course not. Intended. Except for the fact that you just said that white people have to like Joe Montana because. You know. <laughs> First of well, all, I guess. Yeah, that's. A, I guess all racism intended. Like, everybody like Joe Montana and Steve Young. Get out of here, Dwayne. Right. Exactly. Actually, actually, you poured salt in the wound because they were better than the Cowboys. You know. Hey, first of all, straight now, we beat the 49ers on our way to three Super Bowls in the nineties. Oh, we. Uh, so how many checks did you get from the Cowboys in the nineties? <laughs> <laughs> or, or are you just speaking French? I'm not sure. Uh, nah, they, oh my God. I got, a, I got, I got about four <laughs> checks from them. This oh, okay. Diapers, that's for sure. But, but when it says payable to Dallas Cowboys, that doesn't count. Hold up. <laughs> Uh, uh, two chains. Let's get on topic so we can start this. Yeah. Show. All right. So anyway, I'm a. I'm a. First thing I'm gonna start off is by giving a big heat heat warning. If you can see over to the left, Mr. WWE 2K17. I'm on there. So um, 
You can add my uh my Instagram tag at uh at Chambers with a Z twenty four. But but I just want to give a warning so that nobody has to deal with the stress I dealt with this morning. But there there is a bug or a glitch out there that um if you're playing if you have any saved data with the game and you put the PlayStation in sleep mode, it would delete the file, corrupt it, and when you cut it back on, nothing is there. Oh and- yeah, th- th- that's a glitch in the whole game. That happened to me a whole bunch of times. And what happens is you have to close the application and restart and <laughs> then open it back up. When I opened it back up, I had nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, so well, so I, I escalated it to 2K and was tweeting with them all morning. If you see all this rambling back on our uh, Twitter feed earlier, but I ended up talking to somebody and bottom line is he gave me the email that they sent them and I went through um, the, the, the different steps on how to fix it. Bottom line is they need to fix it. They need to get a patch out in order to fix that. But in the meantime, I'm not playing the game until they do because I'm not going to be in jeopardy of doing that because putting the game, putting the system in uh, standby mode is, is the option that Everybody utilizing. I'm not going to take that away and try to shut it down each time because of the game fault. But the bottom line is, the way how I fixed it is that I had a saved copy on um on the PlayStation Network cloud, so I was able to download another one and I'm good to go. But forget that. I downloaded another one and I put another one on my USB drive and I'm just chilling until uh, <laughs> because it took me like three or four hours to create my wrestler as it does every year. Then, oh, yeah, it takes it takes absolutely too long. Yeah, my hey, did you ever did you ever face Brock Lesnar yet? Oh, he dog he dogged me uh, the last match I played. <laughs> he dog. It's, it's it's not even it's it's not fun playing playing against him because it's just like no matter what you do, miraculously he just suplexes you about ten times and it's over. Yeah, I got frustrated, but that was that was the last draw. I was like, I'm good. I'm on the main roster. I skipped NXT because I was just ball. But I was just like, I'm not, I'm not dealing with that. So until they get it fixed out, you know what I'm saying? I'm not playing the game. And a lot, a lot of people are frustrated about it too. So yeah, you know, that's just a nice heat warning. If you got WWE K17, oh, I, I know it's the problem on PlayStation 4. I don't know about Xbox, but do not put the game in flash standby mode because you are in jeopardy of corrupting all your data. And Somebody else wrote on Twitter. It was like it deleted all of their stuff, not just from that game, but from everything. So, oh, oh no, yeah, oh, I was mad. I, I, I would have been, I would have been way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, have you played with Goldberg yet? I have. Even though surprisingly, I haven't yet because I've been trying to uh, do this, um, the real my career mode. So I haven't got played against Goldberg or with him yet. But I how played- is he? I played with him a little bit. First of all, I, I spent my first uh, play around just checking everybody's interests and seeing who looks like who looks the most. Legit. I have to say, no bias. Becky Lynch is on point with her look. Like everything about her animation is, is right. Um, Alessa Bliss scares me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like and somebody else. I'm out, I think I'm gonna say Bray Wyatt. Somebody else is just. Not animation. So, I like the interest that I do like. I like Finn Balor's entrance, of course. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, for my my career, I, I'm I'm actually using Triple H's. 
because I don't know. I just like it. Can I, you create your own entrance? You can. Yeah. But it, it really. takes a long time. It does. A- At least they got all the components to make it exactly how you want it to be. My, my yeah. point. I like it. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I think there's a function to add your own video. Is that is that right? I heard about it, but I don't know if it's true. Yeah, I, I again, I guess I get on the game by like next week because they gotta they gotta get that patch out. I'm not dealing with that. But is it worth the sixty dollars? Um, that um, that's not a good answer. I think it's I think it's a Black Friday pickup. Ooh, okay. Remember Black Friday last year? I slept on it. Two chains. You got your WWE 2K16 copy for like thirty bucks, right? From Best Buy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I, the reason why I say it's a Black Friday pickup is because of this glitch. Number one. Mm-hmm. And um, because I don't feel like this game necessarily is a better step than last year's game. I feel like. Gotcha. To the point where you can be satisfied with 2K16 right now, keep playing it until 17 came down in price, and you like okay, because I think there's a lot of people taking off the game. Um, I think the roster last year was much more stat, um, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. I just like I said, I don't feel like it, I don't feel like this game was like a golden step ahead of last year, so. But overall, still a solid game. It, it plays good. Um, story mode and everything is pretty good. I, and, the, and the creation part is, is on point. So. so school letter grade, would you say like a B minus, B plus? B minus, B, 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 B flat. B, okay. Yeah. B flat, gotcha. B flat. <laughs> <laughs> the broad showman voice, the face. <laughs> but it, but anyway, so we can get into the show because we've been going on by every day for 15 minutes. Um, uh, this weekend uh, on Saturday, me and uh, Jamal we checked out Nova Pro as we said we was on the last episode. Awesome. I, first of all, I let I let Jamal take it off my hands just to give the excitement of, and you know the thrill of the bang for your buck every single time. Yeah, no, it's. It's a great, great little indie promotion here locally in the uh, Northern Virginia area, a suburb of Washington, D.C. And you can check them out at VA Wrestling on Twitter. Uh, the show we went to on last Saturday was Saturdays of Thunder in a beautiful Annandale district in the uh, beautiful Method Lab district of Annandale. Now, this place that they normally have at the shows at is um, the Jewish Community Center in Fairfax. Well, they switch places and they switch days. And it was in, like, some underground basement. It looked like the set of Breaking Bad. But um, still, it was a, it was a good, uh, you know, decent place to have a, uh, a wrestling show or some illegal underground cage fighting. <laughs> but outside of because they like, the JCC is, like, a nice place. It's yep. well lit. It's yep. relatively safe. Um, but then this thing, well, not so much. But I digress. How many people? The show... Uh, let's say plus or minus, plus or minus 100. Gotcha, okay. You know, decent crowd, 20 bucks, 25 for the front row. Only problem I have with the front row is you may not have your seat by the end of the show. Right. <laughs> uh, That's so true. They, they have a penchant for uh, removing a bit of the front row. <laughs> but uh, but all of the wrestlers are super cool because, you know, by their merch. All of the, but super nice, really approachable, really nice, uh, easy to talk to, uh, get along with. And the, and the ring work is solid. 
These aren't like, this isn't some training school. This isn't like some barber college where they're about to get their equivalent of a GED. These guys have been working for as long as they have, and they've been doing uh, a lot of good work. Uh, one of the standout matches, and there were eight of them, uh, some of them were okay. Some of them were really good. Uh, oh, I may, and I may add, too, like like you said when we came in, uh, in this location, acoustics was really good. So you're hearing you're hearing everything. Right. Everybody's voices carrying through uh, through the arena. Uh, all the spots were top. Everything was so spectacular because it's buzzing around the whole place. Right. So it was uh, my favorite match of the night was Cutie and the Beast. Oh, nice. Uh, Innocent Isaiah and Bo Crockett are Cutie and the Beast, and they take they took on Team IOU, Nick Iggy and Kerry Awful. Uh, just the, the Cutie and the Beast is is arguably the best tag team I've seen in America. Wow. I would put the um, Dash and Dawson in that conversation, the revival, and obviously American Eiffel in, in that conversation. And you can't disrespect the Hardy Boys. You can't disrespect the Young Boys. Brother Nero. <laughs> Delete. Uh, you know, Delete. Exactly. So, but as far as things I've seen on the indie circuit, and I really don't watch NXT anymore, so I don't really, I've really kind of lost track of what's going on down there. But uh, Kimmy the Beast, if you if you have an opportunity to see them, you should definitely do so. Uh, their entrance, because, you know, why not? Uh, they did a Mario-themed entrance. And uh, Bo Crockett came out as Mario with his mustache and the jumpsuit and overalls. <laughs> and well, and it's, it's Isaiah... There was wait, there what? was a pause because I was definitely expecting Luigi just unconsciously thinking. <laughs> well, yeah. That, obviously, you would go with Luigi. Why? What, well, Innocent Isaiah came out as Princess Peach. Yeah, I figured. I figured. <laughs> I figured. So there's that, and, and that's and that's great. I mean, that's that's great. But the match that and though they've lost the match, uh, Team IU, they were the heel team. Uh, I think it was their first time in Nova Pro, if if not their second. Um, but just a good, well-worked match. A lot of the spots were uh, – setups were telegraphed, sure, but still effective, and it worked. It was just a lot of fun. Um, other than that, I would say the um, uh, the main event was an I-quit match, which was interesting, but it had a lackluster finish. But, yeah, it was a good, that was a good solid 20 minutes. Uh, and I'll give it to Tim Donst, who basically is working like a Kevin Steen type of uh, gimmick. Um, you know, just unpolished, on unfiltered. He does what he wants. He comes and goes as he pleases. That's but he can wrestle, and nobody can take that away from him. Let's talk about a few things in that match, too. First of all, um, thumbtacks didn't exist, but there was a very, very, very good replacement in um, every mother's night nightmare, Legos, all over yeah. the world. They brought out the, uh, the, the the bag, the plastic bag. And you know, normally they have, like, the Crown Royal bag of thumbtacks. <laughs> well, they brought the, the giant food shopping bag and sprinkled them like Mick Foley does across the ring, and it's wow. full of Legos. Wow. And there was actually one spot where um, that someone gets, takes like a super kick or something like that and hits the ground, and then they take um, like an, a European uppercut, and it just spits out Legos all across the crowd. Yeah. Uh, you know, just you, you got to see it live. You know, yeah. it's, it's one of those things you got to see it live. So usually the, the the traditional rectangular table is um which is used. However, this time we got a nice oval or circular one. Which yeah, they, they definitely took like a car table from IKEA. Yeah, uh, during the uh, the I Quit match, 
And it was a, it was a circular uh, table, maybe about three feet in diameter. And uh, they definitely went through it. It took them a couple times, but uh, they definitely went through it. And that was not pretty at all. That table was pretty sturdy. Right in front of the couch, which we're inquiring. Right. So, uh, right. so like the VIP seating, uh, you know, was like this love seat that they looks like they found from behind a homeless shelter. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. Like it looks like a family of possums living in the seat itself. <laughs> but they dusted it off and breezed it and patched it up oh a little bit God. and wheeled it into the Annadale Sports Center. But, but I, yeah, I, 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 I tweeted him about the couch and I said, how much for the couch? Um, and he said, a hundred bucks. Nah. That's insane. <laughs> oh, come on, Mike. Hook us up, man. Hook us up. Hook us up. That's that, let, us get a, let us get a nice deal on that couch, man. I mean, I'm I'm very afraid of like catching typhoid from the couch itself, <laughs> because if you have any open sores or anything like that, don't sit on that couch. You're going to get hepatitis. <laughs> but to be, that's so messed up. That's so messed it, up. it is. <laughs> have you seen this couch? <laughs> it looks like the couch that Chris Rock died on in New Jack City. <laughs> other, <laughs> that's uh, other things I want I want to plug in about the show is um the Air Royal versus Ryu match um which yeah. was the, the streak versus uh Ryu's freedom because Ryu was uh imprisoned by Money Green which I I told Jamal during the show I said um this kind of brushes me off like that Jet Li movie Unleashed where like he has to fight because he sends him out to do it and then he he really has no mouthpiece no charisma. But it's <laughs> the one that puts him in this situation. And Eric Royal is probably the most over person in Nova Pro. Um, who I believe I, I, I still right, I'm still kind of confused, but I believe he worked the heel, but he's so over in everything he did. Yeah, yeah, it's just it, it it just didn't fare well for Ryu, who who really don't have like um the ring charisma as you know, you kind of acquire for somebody to go against Eric Royal because he he's always getting the, the crowd involved. He got a good he got a good chant. Um, his theme is very common. Um, right. But, well, that's that's part of the problem. Rayo has the charisma of like unsalted crackers. Oh my god! <laughs> like you could eat a bunch of them and they'll be fine, <laughs> but realistically. It's just unsalted crackers. I mean, I've seen oatmeal with more pizzazz than Rayo. And it's really unfortunate because you know, he can do the work. Like he, you know, his his ring presence is, is fine, it's technically sound. Um, you know, he's quick, uh, he's limber, he can move around the ring really well. Uh, he has the fundamentals down. And I think that there is a place for him and he can go far. Well, it's just that and, and he, he also, needs to go to Walmart and buy personality. And he also he's in the um the ROH video. If anybody saw the uh the Facebook stream of the trials, he was one of the people that was there. So obviously he's getting some looks because yeah, I think from the three or four times I've seen him wrestle, I've seen progressions in his in ring ability. But maybe because he has a manager, he's not actually getting quite the feel, or maybe how to cut promos, or um you know to give charisma. And and I think with a crowd of you know a hundred plus. It should this should be your ideal time to figure out who you are, you know, and and to build yeah. communities. And on the contrary, and so so on the contrary, then there's that, and then there's somebody like Logan, who I'm very fond of, who I've seen uh, work heal each match. He does exactly 
what you what what an indie star should do. And he commands the crowd. He gets nuclear heel heat for any on any level standards. And he he does heel things. He comes out in the first matches. He has problems with somebody. He comes out then. You may see him four times in one night because that's the type of heel work he does. So, but I think that's part of his gimmick, though, and that, that is his gimmick, really. Uh, he's like the Mean Street Posse in a less affluent neighborhood. So, <laughs> you know, so he's like the Mean Street Posse of Bowie. You're like, you can pop your yeah. collar and walk to Bowie Town Center and think that you're top, you know, top dog, but but he's just that much hateable, you know, kind of like Dolph Ziggler and the Spirit Squad. You, you don't you know that you don't like these guys. You don't know why you don't like them yet, but it's still kind of like, ugh, go away. And yeah. he, he's that he's that borderline between annoying and actual hateable, and he plays that very well. Like his emblem, Logan Easton Larue. His emblem is like a BMW uh, style emblem. Um, you know, he has this preppy one percenter uh, type of thing. The only thing that he hasn't done is said that he's going to vote for Donald Trump. <laughs> so. Which may not go as over in Virginia, by the way. So let's you know leave that out of it. November eighth, go out and vote, please. I've already voted, so nice. I'm, I'm done with it. Leave me alone. I'm doing it tomorrow. Right. So, but, it, that, but that's the thing, and, and I think he is he, like he's pretty good. He's interesting, and that's the thing about wrestling in general. You got to elicit an emotion. If I feel nothing, then that is a death sentence. And I can watch wrestling, but if you don't, if I don't. If you can't convey accurately what you're trying to do in the ring to the audience, then I might as well read a book. I, I think, and I think uh, Logan and AJ or Isaiah James, I think they make a great tag team and complement each other really good. And I actually thought that match was, uh, was a great match for where it was booked on the card as well. It's, uh, Chuck Taylor and uh, Dan Barry. I, mm-hmm. I thought that was an all around sound match. And I think. That match is sort of say the epitome of what. Right. Is. Ma, I'm on a podcast. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> it's okay, baby. We still love you, Mama. We still love you. Hey, live, about, live, live, live. That's what we love, fans. Bryce, mom on the list. <laughs> oh, oh no, <laughs> she just made the list. Wow, <laughs> that's messed up. <laughs> so close. But no, I think I, I really think that I think that match is definitely an epitome of what Nova Pro is all about and what indie shows is about. Um, the for high profile talent from other uh, promotions to come there against uh, their top stars and command the match that if you knew who nobody was in the ring, you definitely left with feeling a certain type of way. Besides saying that happened, that's over. Like you instantly get an idea of who was healed, who who was like not just playing the heel for that match, but who's been the heel for this for this uh promotion. So oh uh, and I'm not I'm sorry, I'm not gonna let uh Roddy Madison slide by um uh, not mentioning her with that double super kick she took that flew her outside the ring and so yeah, um, Riley Madison uh, uh, is working with the Storm of Entrails. That's it's it's a terrible name, but sure. Um, that's uh, Dan O'Hare and Schlack. And if you ever seen like the physical description of a hate crime, that would be Schlack. <laughs> um, yeah, that, no, that's uh, he is an actual problem in the flesh. But Riley Madison is their uh, uh, valet to the ring, and she's a, she's a good thing to be. She has. Certain, she brought her friends with her to um, a large and important 
your friends to the table, and you know, the more the merrier. And she definitely has ample friends. But then that's John Kerman and um, uh, why am I thinking of his name? Kerman and um, Sanjay Dutt. Yeah. Uh, they were in a tag match with the Storm of Entrails, and uh, Madison interfered, and she took a double super kick to the mammary glands. Out of nowhere. Yeah. What is out, out of nowhere. Yeah. So get your anatomy chart out and look up where that is. <laughs> Sanjay, man, he's the man. Like I, like I said, uh, or like I tweeted during um, the show, somebody like Kim, I expect to see you next year's CWC. No, no question. Um, it, it fits the mold of everything you want in the CWC competitor. So um, you heard it first here, Sanjay, CWC 2017. Book it. But now that we're talking about the CWC, you might as well just get into the, the next topic. Um, I don't even know how to say this without being so negative, but there is an issue with all of the CWC competitors um, now being on the main roster. And when I say that, I don't mean their talent. You, you mean they suck. No, no, that's what I don't want. That's what I don't want to be portrayed. They, the talent is there. Everybody that's in the CWC. We know they're talented. They just suck as far I, as character development. Well, you saying they suck could be taken as you basically reflecting the saying that they're not good, but that's not it. I'm saying that overall the, they suck. everything about them everything about them being a wrestler they have the skills they they have the talent we've seen them on other promotions they have what it takes to know to be successful on the main roster the issue is i don't even want to say creative i just want to say the issues with like the the whole antics of when a cruiserweight match is coming about purple lights purple belts uh, i mean purple ropes got to change it uh, purple rain the purple rain. Prince Prince was there. He was he performed he performs before they come out. Zombie Prince performed at Monday Night Raw. <laughs> oh Lord. Tag him with oh, Barney. No. Tag him with Barney and, and Ivan News. Like I, I just don't I just don't get it. Like it's just after a while, it's just it was cool maybe the first two weeks, but now it's just getting like, okay, do you have to do this? And then I'm um I'm not sure which one of us was engaging with a fan. But somebody was saying it's even worse live because the whole antics of them having to change the ropes and all that, you know, doing the breaks and the mat and all that, they said that this drains the crowd out. And then, like, the placement of when they're being put on the show, like, you're not seeing Cruiserweight matches until, like, the third hour when you're already 10.30. Out. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're done. You know, you're done for the night, basically. I'm, I'm, I'm just not invested at all. I think I think part of that is because they're of the segregation or the perceived segregation of the cruiserweights from the rest of the show. Like Raw seems to be like a two hour and thirty five minute long show. Yep. And then the cruiserweights take up twenty minutes and the rest could be for commercials and filler or whatever. It doesn't really seem integrated into the show. You're right. And when you have, for example, Hell in a Cell, they're having the six man tag because that's how you know that creative has nothing for them. Don't have anything to do? Throw them in this 19-man tag. <laughs> why? Because why not? Why? Because it sucks. Exactly. They don't know. And, the, and part of the problem is, and I do blame creative on this specifically, 
the crowd doesn't know what they're watching because McMahon has built his product in a non-cruiserweight fashion. Mm-hmm. It's been big guy after big guy or, you know, woman after, you know, woman that has a certain uh, enhanced appendage. I mean, it's been oh. these model types. It's been these, you know, funny guys. And it's been, but it hasn't really been cruiserweights. If I this were WCW, because... that's how Nitro would have started. And it started every week with cruiserweights. Yep. And it ended with Goldberg. And then now we have like, okay, well, let's stop. Let's change everything to purple. Let's set the mood because cruiserweights are coming. But it also uh, speaks to the divide between people that watch the WWE Network and Raw and people that just watch Raw. Not everybody wants to pay $9.99. If they did, then the cruiserweights would be more of an integration into the show. But it seems that these crowds don't know exactly who they are or why they should short for them. And quite honestly, the uh, the presentation of TJ Perkins and Brian Kendrick doesn't give me a reason to cheer for him. Oh my gosh, I was waiting for someone. I hate TJ Perkins' character. I hate it. It just blows me. I hate it. Like matter of fact, he's on the list. Wow. Okay. okay, I have to say that I like TJ Perkins' entrance and his theme and how he's being built. I think that I think that if the New Day can get away with their kid antics. The TJ Perkins should definitely be allowed to pass with video game presence. Now, granted, I don't think this is a gimmick that lasts forever. I think if anybody that has a chance of going heel as it stands, he's number one candidate to do it, which goes along with his gimmick. And I think he'll be able to do it right. And not to mention, we've seen him work heel in, in, in indie shows. So it's definitely a, it's definitely a strong possibility. But... The only person that I really, I'm not going to say respect, but the only gimmick that I really do have a taste for is Brian Kendrick. And it's, and I'm sorry, maybe it's just because he's been there. He's like, I'm not even about to let creative have me just meshed in with a whole bunch of like crabs in the burrow. I'm going to figure out how to stand out and do what I got to do in order to, you know, you know elevate myself. Because they the fact that he's not the only heel, there's other heels, but everybody else is just a mesh of like, 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 like Jamal said, a, a mess of this tag matches, people. Like, hey, just throw me the tag match. Don't worry about my development or who I am. <laughs> just tag match, tag match, tag match. It's even, it's even to the point that if you watch NXT, you're like, why is Cedric tagging with um, uh, what's his name? Um, yeah, I, can't from Baltimore. Um, I can't even think of his name too. The guy from Baltimore. Which one? Which one? Yeah. No, 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 he's not. He's tagged. No, and in, in, in the um, in, in, in the, the dusty class. Oh yeah. Uh, CN? CN? Yeah, yeah. Like what? <laughs> and then and then it and then it, it then it blew up the match after. I mean the the end of the match. Like it was just like why did y'all even waste uh this tag team establishment? Matter of fact. The Dusty Road Classic is on the list too, actually. Wow. Oh, it the reason why we keep referring to the list, people, is because before this show started, we kept saying we were going to do our list of Jericho. And the reason why the Dusty Road Classic is on my list, and I'm not waiting until we get to that segment, is because from the one show that we did when we discussed of how successful the CWC was and how it could be potentially leading to a successful another run of the CWC next year, as well as uh other things such as the Dusty Road Classic, which was successful last year, they're starting off so, so wrong right now. That it is. No one is invested in this tournament. No one at all. 
I love a good tournament. Uh, I don't really care uh, what it's, you know, why they there. But the, what's the payoff? If there's no payoff, and the payoff better be gold or an opportunity to win gold or, or something. And not tag team. I mean, why? Right. So if there's no tag team championship in the works, why are we having this tournament? To get the trophy? Well, the trophy's cool and all. I mean, yay, respect to Dusty and all that stuff. That's great. But why? I mean, what's the point of entering the tournament, potentially injuring yourself, just to get the trophy, and that doesn't really add to anything? The Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Battle Royal. Uh, what of it? I mean, does Baron Corbin still carry it around? Is the well, who won the Big Show still carry it around? What relevance does it have, except for a week before or the week after WrestleMania? I mean, I ain't going to even. Fluff, That's, I ain't going to fluff the Dusty Rhodes one, but I feel like um, the Andre the Giant. I feel like it gives you a. Uh, I, I think it gives you a platform to have higher relevancy matches, where because of what you won, they put your matches a little bit more tiered than. These random cruiserweight tag matches that that's happening that I'm just. But you can say that by beating John Cena. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean seriously, like beating John Cena is a, is about equivalent to winning the uh, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I mean, look at AJ Styles. Look at James Ellsworth. I mean, and look at AJ Styles. Look, look like just the idea of beating somebody that's everyone has agreed is better than you. That's that's the prize in and of itself, and then you use that to springboard. But to say that we're going to have this tournament or we're going to have this match and it's going to be a thing, and it's for what exactly? No, really, I mean, like, literally for what in the case of the uh, Dusty Rose Classic and, and so on. Uh, and and again, just to get back to the CWC, like, I'm sorry. I just, I just, my issues is just that I don't need to be purpled out every time they come out. Their name tags don't need to be different. Um, Michael Cole don't have to say, the cruiserweight match is coming next. I mean, Michael Cole doesn't have to say anything ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I just, it's, I, if it's going to be this way for now, there needs to be a detonation date where this all ends, where they basically go give them, give it, make it normal. And they make Raw two hours then. <laughs> no, I, I agree with that. Make Raw two hours and give the cruiserweights their own show. Yep. They treat it like it's their own show anyway. They only do two matches. Maybe they can have three in a segment. Then it would be purple NXT. I'd say put it on Friday nights and you have a weekly one-week episode because even to add to your point, Jamal, the two chains, the reason why the Cruiserweights can't get no involvement or no behind it because you have no storylines. You just have random matches with those little classic SmackDown excerpts that pop in videos like his uh, pop-up. What was that? Pop-up video or something like that that say what video that used to pop up with the words at the bottom. But now they're doing the video screen version of that. And there's no way to get invested in character buildup because you're not building characters. No mic work, no anything. But but is but this but okay, fine. You don't go to storyline route. Your characters don't really mean much as in the way of character development because the matches don't mean anything. Uh, you know, they introduce them once, they trot them out there, they have their matches. But you have guys like with that special like ability, like uh, to carry a to win over a crowd. Yep. Rich Swan did it. Cedric Alexander did it. And I'm not talking about the the uh, the smarks at NXT uh, or you know, that whole thing that are already hip to it. Yep. But they won the crowd. Where's Noam Dar? Did they like forget him somewhere? Is he like in a box? Did the CIA pick him up? Um, him him is and Kurt Hawkins are driving somewhere together, and one day we'll make their appearance. 
Right. I mean, did they like skip out on dinner and they're working at a Sonic or something? Like what what happened? <laughs> what are they? Somebody get the milk cartons out. We need to find Noam Dar. <laughs> Where's Trent? And I think and I think too, I think that's a good suggestion because obviously the cruise waste is not bringing in ratings. Um if it did bring on ratings, they would be a little bit more strategic on when they show their matches, but they basically just have them in the field time to to make it three hours, you know. But right. all, all I'm saying is character development is trash. Um, storylines, I'm sorry, besides title picture, storylines are trash. Yep. Um, commentary, uh, commentary around it has been sort of trash. Presentation's been trash. Promos been trash. Pre-recorded promos been trash. Like everything about it just makes you feel like none of these guys have talent. And if you knew any better, you'd be like. Like, what was this about? From 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 what it sounds, it sounds like the the CWC is on everybody's list. Which I which well, I kind of have the list organized around the CWC, but I'm not putting the CWC on my list. I have something else in relation. I have I have a lot of stuff on my list. You know what? Let's let's get in, let's get into the list. So again, um, uh, anybody, uh, obviously, why we keep talking about the list? I I texted everybody earlier, and I was thinking about topics for the show. And basically what I said was I said, let's come up with um, our own form of like Jericho's The List. And we put on, when we come up with a couple of things and discuss it tonight on the show, who's on our list. And obviously as you hear about the things, there's, there's a lot of interesting, <laughs> lot of, I, I would say a lot of obvious things that's on the list. But when it comes down to D-Wayne, D nothing's ever obvious. So... I don't know. Did T-Wayne, I'll let you get into it first. What's on your list today? Oh, you want to know what's on my list? Well, it's a whole rack of stuff that's on my list. I mean, life in general. So let's start. The first thing is LeBron James' hairline is on my list because I'm trying to figure out how does it keep coming back? That's on my list. It just keeps coming back. I'm just trying to figure out how. You know what else is on my list? You know the, the water that wrestlers spray in their hair? That's on my list. It's no reason for you to look like someone from coming to America in the Sogo commercial. No, that's on my list. <sighs> you know what else is on my list? I'm sorry to say this, but Braun Strowman is on my list. Huh? I'm going to tell you why he's on my list. Because if you, every time I look at him, he looks straight into the camera. I noticed that his hair is really crooked. So, yeah, that kind of irritates me. So, so that made my list. Um, WWE championship belts made my list because I think they're ugly. Cam Newton's pants made my list. <laughs> Cam Newton's pants? Have you seen them? Don't want to see them. <laughs> Wow. They made so let me get this straight. You have uh, Cam Newton's pants, uh, Braun Strowman's crooked hairline, LeBron James' uh, uh, regurgitating hairline. <laughs> uh, it's, so, like, these fashion items are on your list. Hold on. It's a lot more stuff. Hold on. I got a few more. Oh, it's a lot more. <laughs> I got a few more. All right. You know what else is on my list? Paul Heyman's and Brock Lesnar's last promo. You don't get to get past this one quick. I, you got to elaborate on this one. It was a waste of an appearance. 
I hate, I was just like, why? Like, you just, you just stand in the circle, just standing there, just listening to the crowd, not really saying nothing. It was just a waste. That's, that's on my list. That's not Heyman's fault. <laughs> and no, honestly, I, that's not Heyman's fault. I, I know it's not Heyman's fault, but that whole segment, it, it was just a waste. That, that was on my list. I, I, when I first, as a matter of fact, when I first heard about this, I was just like, I was so mad at that because I'm just like, they really just wasted this. And I, I know it was more to say than what was said. And you could tell it was just cut off at a certain point because they hit the music. Right. So I was just but like, you think uh, that's because of McMahon's stubbornness? And his inability to realize that Lesnar not only went to the University of Minnesota, but he's actually from the state of Minnesota. Yeah. Multi-time you know, wrestling. I mean, Heyman's oh, list. Yeah. All of his accomplishments. That, that, that was Brock Lesnar's country. That's, that's exactly. Brock Lesnar's country. So, yeah. Right. That's Vince McMahon, but he's, Vince McMahon's not on the list. Matter right. of fact, Vince McMahon, you're not on the list. Sorry, you're just not. I'm renaming my list the Vincent Kennedy McMahon list. <laughs> Vince, Vince McMahon, you're just not on the list. Oh, my God. But you know who is on the list? Dixie Carter, you're on the list. <laughs> you have a lot it, of no worse, no worse needed to figure out why she's on the list. That's true. She's on the list. Well, she did appear in court, so I think this is here. We'll write that. Yeah. Well, I think legally she had to. I mean, she can't get out yeah. of that. I know. I mean, she could have had a large shot for him. But... Yeah. Oops. Wow, that's a that's a hell of a list. I know. <laughs> I only have six things on my list, though. You, you only have six things. Yeah. Five after that. I mean, I have more stuff, but I'll let people, other people, take it because I feel like that was my main stuff. I mean. Oh. Oh. I have, I have something else on my list. Oh dear. As as great as it seems, as as great as entertaining as he is, that James Ellsworth shirt, it's on my list. Oh my god. The he face just... is so ugly. I was just like, the face Why? that runs the place. <laughs> no, I don't want that face any near near my place. <laughs> I'll be wearing that shirt to Survivor series. Yeah, no. <laughs> that that I'm sorry. Um that this is what I meant to say last episode. I can't remember who else was over besides James Ellsworth. But um I'm definitely like that. I have kids shirt. Like that <laughs> next time they get like a little special going on, you know, by two or something like that. I got kids is definitely on my ticket. <laughs> I, I, I can sit here and say I, I do like I do like that. Yeah. It's, it's a nice shirt. All right. And I, I have one more thing. WWE Creative. Oh. They're on my list. Isn't McMahon part of Creative? I'm not excluding Vince McMahon. WWE oh, okay. Creative. Oh. I'm going to tell you why. You because go. the MVP of role as a whole lately to me has been Chris Jericho. He How do you have an MVP on the losing team? Here's my thing. This is going to say this. Chris Jericho overshadows Kevin Owens to the point where I feel like the list is more important than WWE, WWE Universal Championship. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I'm not going to argue against that. I will say that, and I don't think that Kevin Owens has been misused either. Um, it is interesting that inexplicably he just went to Men's Warehouse and started picking up suits and stuff. <laughs> and when it's yeah, that, that's kind of weird. Because like, Chris Jericho you know, he, still has a scarf. 
Yeah, I mean, like, Chris Jericho is still just like a, like a substitute teacher <laughs> that teaches art in his spare time. And Owens just like decided to pick up golf shirts after winning the belt, which has nothing to do with whatever relationship he has to the authority because they haven't really explored that at all. Yeah. Okay. Sure. But I, I guess that, like gift cards is what you get when you win the belt. But <laughs> it doesn't really make sense that um, like a, a lot of what Kevin Owens is just – I don't get it. Like what's his, what's his position? He's the champion. He says that he's a fighting champion. Well, let's go out there and have, have that happen. Uh, Raw is just a, a fuster of clucks right now, and um, <laughs> it's really hard to care to keep up with it. Oh wait, but I, hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the Paul Heyman uh, promo. Um, first of all, if um, Raw was in Minneapolis, Minnesota, correct? Yes, it correct. was. Oh, correct. Yes. Hometown. Uh huh. Famous yep. Curtis Axel. Famous Curtis Axel, who also um, had his match in promo uh, debunked by. If you haven't heard the rumors, they were saying that Kurt Axel's signs was confiscated by security. Like yep. I don't even get like what? Why? But, wow. So let me let me get let me get this straight. Brock Lesnar was supposed to go out in his own hometown and, and get people heel. to boo him. And you know why? Because Jericho has done that in Canada. Yep. But Brock Lesnar. Jericho. Is, Jericho. I mean, Jericho. Well, exactly. Great. No, I mean, Jericho is great. <laughs> I mean, he's he's arguably one of the top five greatest uh, of the last twenty years. I would say, since his WWE run, Jericho is one of the greats in WWE. With that said, his ability to go out there and command the crowd is second to none. Lesnar's not that guy. Wait, wait, wait. He's, but I, just, I want to be a little bit more specific about that. When he's in Canada, I mean, that's a country, obviously. Is he in his hometown doing the same thing? Now, granted... You could be one city away from your hometown, get booed. Obviously, Cincinnati and Cleveland, they do it all the time, you know, with their, with this star. So, Brock was in his hometown. There's a difference, though. Brock was in there's, his there's hometown. There's a difference. I would agree there's a difference. No, if you are in Canada and you're representing the entire country when you cross the border, that's how that works. Exactly. If you're in Cincinnati and you go to Cleveland, then Cleveland sucks because that's their thing. But if you go to Chicago, then you are from Ohio. So right, right. It's this kind of type of territorial tribalism that makes it, yeah, you know, what it is. We hate Baltimore being from DC. That might as well be Canada. Until we go to New York, <laughs> it is Canada. <laughs> exactly. Until we go to New York, Baltimore's a okay. Exactly. As as I, Tunnel, we're spitting at them. I take that 100% back. I agree. People from Baltimore are on my list, except for my son. Stop. Oh. Stop it. That's stop. <laughs> oh, Keep that no. Okay. Hey, oh, wait. That okay. Wait, wait. But I, but I do got I do a question, though. So if I understand correctly, what you're saying is anytime you come across the border, you're automatically putting the whole country on your back? So yes. Absolutely. From, is there even a – I mean, we're not talking about Mexico here. Is there even really a big consideration of coming from Canada and back, considering that our team mm -hmm. athletics are all integrated now? It's no, it, it is it a different matter. consideration because you've crossed the border. Yep. Uh, is Drake a Canadian rapper or a rapper from Toronto? He is a rapper. <laughs> He's a rapper. <laughs> okay. I use that term loosely nowadays, but he is a Canadian rapper. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think and, and when he first started out, he was that dude on that Canadian TV show that got shot. No, I, 
Yeah, Degrassi. Yes, I get that. But now he's just a rapper. Like when you when you are that person, then you're just that person. Because I, he's I, because he's outgrown that uh, that yeah. that stigma of being a Canadian rapper. I mean, same thing with Justin Bieber. Well, got accepted yeah. across mainstream. But when Justin Bieber was singing in front of a bottle of maple syrup on YouTube, he was a cute Canadian kid. Yep, exactly. But, and then he outgrown that when Ludacris looked at him. So there is that, and, and I think that in general, the way wrestling, you know, fans tend to uh, uh, marginalize things. Bret Hart, for what it's worth, is a Canadian wrestler until he goes to Japan. Then it's, it's more transparent that he represents North America versus the Japanese. Just like Pitbull, Mister Three Hundred Five, the Mister Worldwide. What? What? Yeah. Pitbull. Pitbull. Oh dear. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that happened. Um, okay, I, I, I got you. I get what you're saying. But, and so you're basically saying that you you feel like Paul Heyman, uh, Mike Skills should be able to overcome to be able to put heat on in Brock Lesnar's hometown. I just thought, I thought it was a recipe for disaster. And I agree. And, and Heyman could have and probably should have called an audible and said, you know what? Screw Goldberg. Goldberg sucks. And this is what my client's going to be in blah, blah, blah. And had the entire crowd Behind him, uh, yep. the big rallying cry, dudes in the upper level with the Minnesota Vikings Rams horns, and they would have had at it. And then Goldberg, who's going to come back next week for reasons, is going to say, you know what, I don't suck. Let's get to, get it done at Survivor Series, which I think is too soon, but Sorry. whatever. Ta- okay. But let's get, let's get it done at Survivor Series. Hold on, hold on, hold and on. then that would have gone back and forth. Hold on, let me, yeah, let me, let me. Let me get my one thing off the list right now. And my well, plan, let me get my whole list. My 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 since Jamal just brought it up, the fact that the Brock Lesnar and Goldberg match was announced on Twitter on WWE's official page as breaking news that that match is going to happen is on the list. Like, why would I waste? Why would I waste that announcement on a tweet and bank ratings on doing it on Raw or even? I mean, I mean, I'm sure there's gonna be a contract signing or something, maybe. But why even waste that announcement on a tweet when you could have did it in person, made it more? Made because they, better. because the the Paul Heyman was driving the Titanic. He was steering it, you know, two wheel motion with on the Titanic, and he saw the iceberg. And Vince McMahon is screaming in his ear, going, "Meh, if you hit it, you hit it." And they hit it hard. Hit it real hard. Very then, hard. And then the fact that this match is happening at SummerSlam, like uh, Survivor Series. Survivor Series. I keep saying SummerSlam. Whatever. The list. Anyway, go, yeah. go ahead, Mr. Silly Sellers. Okay, so here's my list. I have the top five list with an extra credit. I will go from five to one, and then I will use my extra credit last. So number five, I have Eva Marie. Uh-huh. You work so hard to get on the show, you get in the supplemental draft, you get Adderall, and you have not been heard since because you're still on vacation, and that vacation's probably going on. You are on the list. Now, Jericho, you're going to be my number four on the list because you don't waste. You're too talented to waste two hours on the Raw show looking for your own list because Seth Rollins took it. And the backstage of any arena is not that big. You're on the list. <laughs> number three is Raw. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He had to find the list because the list is just that great. It's more important than the WWE Universal Championship. <laughs> it does not take two hours to go through all the backstage areas, which some of the locker rooms are closed to find a list because we all see the same three hallways in any backstage segment. It took it took him it took him <laughs> it took him an hour and a half to talk. 
to everybody and complain about where's my list. I'm actually 30, probably like 30 minutes to actually find it. Still it was great, though. You're on the list. When they found the list with Braun Strowman, how come nothing was made of that? Because Long I think like because it's Braun, it's, it's Braun Strowman. I mean, <laughs> he was scared. Number th- I was too, actually. I, I honestly wanted Braun Strowman <laughs> to like snap the list in half. <laughs> Number three on because my- because he's Braun Strowman. What are you gonna do about that? Number three on my list is actually the Raw show, the Go Home show. The reason why is why are you giving two of your pay per view matches already on the show before your pay per view show? Makes no sense. Um, especially the Cesaro tag team match. I can understand if you want to do one or the other, other of the new day, but to have a tag team match that's non-title and you're going to that same match at uh, at the Hell in a Cell makes no sense. Now here's my number two. My number two that's on the list is actually Triple H for what you mentioned about the CWC, and I'm going to go back to NXT. Now, Triple H, you worked so hard to make this your baby, to make this your developmental zone where you can elevate your players to make sure when they get on the show, they'll be ready. But I cannot name one person since NXT has been on TV continuously via the network that has made one NXT or one CWC superstar elevated to a main event person. I cannot name one. And I'm including Baron Corbin, even though he won the um, the Andre the Memorial Battle Royal, uh, whatever, at WrestleMania, nobody has taken that leap. Because actually, um, the, the Shield actually came up before NXT was relevant on the network. So that's why I can't say anybody has came up and made it to the top of the list or top of the mountaintop. And lastly, the Brock and Goldberg, as two chains mentioned. Now, if this WrestleMania 20 match was this horrible, and you know how WWE likes to do things in threes, why are you potentially setting up a three-part match with a match that was already terrible that left a bad taste in my mouth back in uh, WrestleMania 20? But here's my extra credit. I finally got a chance to watch NXT. And I purposely wanted to re-watch NXT because of one person that I heard was on the show. And when I saw this person come out... I said, why did WWE do this to him? Patrick Clark, you have made the list. With his new gimmick, or I don't know what this gimmick is, making it look like Orlando Jones, and I'll just leave it at that. Why did they do this? Oh, dear. I think think it's safe to say that the show Tough Enough should be on the list, but Mandy is not on the list. No, that's a good thing to me. Yeah, I I, I approve. Uh, Can I go? Uh, oh, yeah. I'm gonna go, go with my list. Go ahead. Um, I'm gonna say the first thing on my list, number f- out of five, and, I, and it could be a lot more, but out of five, it's gonna be the WWE Network. Ooh. Um, so as interactive as WWE claims to be, uh, the WWE Network is clearly lacking interactivity. If you're gonna have a live pay-per-view, there should be a live chat function, uh, something where people could log onto the network and and watch their show and. Chat online, kind of like how you do when you're playing a PlayStation game. Uh, you know, parties and, and rooms and stuff like that. Also, there's no 4K. I'm not worried. There's not going to be any 4K support. But um, my stream was terrible on the WWE Network, where it looked like like 90s you know, television bad to crystal clear. <laughs> if I may interject, there's no reason why when I watch it on my phone, while I watch it on my Xbox, when I watch it on my PlayStation, that they're all at different parts. Right. <laughs> it makes no right. sense. And that like that 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 stopping and then like skipping forward three seconds and then yeah, there, there's no excuse for that. And no matter on what I watch it, uh, sure it's 9.99, but 
it, that they have, shouldn't have to pay for those annoyances. Exactly. Uh, number four on my list is Vince McMahon himself. Um, now, why you ask is because this is his brainchild. And I think for whatever reason, Vince has one foot in the Attitude Era that made him a lot of money and it made him a household name in pop culture and one foot in the present because that's where we all live. And I think that he's he, this is a new era. Except when you trot out guys like Goldberg and Brock Lesnar or when you hint that The Undertaker could be back for another return or when you allow photos of fan-made photos of AJ Styles and Shawn Michaels to be released. You have a, a, a ton of new talent. You have 65 guys that just showed up to the Performance Center uh, ready to do work. You have uh, working relationships with Evolve and uh, indie shows that are going to be your feeder system to NXT. Uh, you have top veterans that are there to be veterans, like a Samoa Joe, mm -hmm. like an AJ Styles. Locker room guys that can do a lot of work for the business, and you're still invested in new talent because Roderick Strong is coming uh, to town. Cedric Alexander is coming to town, and, and so on and so forth. Yet you still present it as if it's 1997. It is not. It is 2016. <laughs> Things are in high definition. We need to get out of the past and fully embrace the new era. Hey. And until they do, you know that, that there's no reason why I should why I should watch it going forward. Hey. Vince, Vince McMahon said if it's not affecting his bottom line, then it doesn't matter if he's on your list. But it is, though, because uh, Raw lost 300,000 uh, viewers from last uh, the week before. And this is their go-home show for the pay-per-view. Uh, SmackDown had its worst attendance since the brand split, which was down about 40% uh, from the last show, that they, the last arena that they were in, in comparative size. Uh, WWE stock, it was down, last time I looked, and this is about a month ago, around 2%. Um, sure, they are making gains. They had a horrible second quarter. But if, you, but if you think that Vince McMahon is working gangbusters, I can put a PowerPoint together and show you why he's not. <laughs> because McMahon, with the talent that he has, should be doing better. He should be murdering everyone. And the reason why Ring of Honor is relevant, why PWG is relevant, why I'm very excited to see Nova Pro in, on Black Friday, why I'm willing to stay up until 4 in the morning to watch New Japan Live, is because WWE is lacking. You have the CWC, which is the best thing that WWE has done this decade. Yeah, I think I can safely say that. The best thing that they've organically produced this decade. And what has come of it? Nothing. What would and do you have the first women's Hell in a Cell match? Now that's great. That's absolutely great. Why? And and this is the number three thing on my list. Mick Foley. <laughs> you have Mick Foley come out and say that this is the most twisted, sadistic uh, structure known to man. It's a living, breathing, a living, breathing entity. It is hell. It is you know. It is three out of the seven circles of hell. And all of this hyperbole. How come we didn't say that to Kevin Owens? How come he didn't say that to Seth Rollins or oh, Rusev or Roman Reigns? I did not think of that. What of the double standard where you have these women? And I'm not I'm not like a feminist or anything like that. I like you know boobs and steak just like every other guy. Um, I'm not going to go as far as to grab things like a potential presidential uh, like a candidate presidential candidate. But that's where I draw a line. With that said, but isn't it be, isn't it because um, they uh, think few of them been in Hell in the Cell matches already? 
How many first time Hel- Kevin Owens hasn't been in a Hell in a Cell match, and he didn't get you know sat down by uh, Mrs. Foley, baby boy, and a doctor to make sure that he's his head is okay before he goes into it. But why did you have uh, Mick Foley mansplain what Hell in a Cell is to I don't know some of the biggest wrestling fans out there? It's evil. It's sick. It's twisted. But the narrative has always been these two guys are going to say they don't care about any of that. They are ready to go to war. How many times do people say, see you in hell? (laughs) The point is, is that that's a joke to the women's revolution to have Mick Foley come out there. And granted, he's well within his right to say it. He's been there. But to do it to the women because they're women is spits in the face of all of the progress that they claim that they've made. And what that tells me is the bigger narrative is that women in WWE's mind is still in a very archaic 1950s Lucy and Desi type of thing where they need to have, they might as well have a um, pumpkin in a pool uh, swimsuit competition on Monday for Halloween. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think you're going a little bit overboard with this right now. I know, but I, I think very, very interesting point. I really, really... It, it's, it's interesting point, but I think it's it's, it's kind of going overboard because the simple fact that they are having a match. I mean, granted, they might have to go ahead and explain it, but I think it proved the point because it's kind of explained to them how dangerous, in a, in a sense, in a fact of how dangerous it really is. No, no, but but see, that's, that's I I see the point of it. But you you're but, all forgetting where we came from as far as. The whole revolution of women. That that's that's what he's trying to say. It's like revolution basically was to say that we are just wrestlers. We're, we're not we're not your divas division and we're not just women that are here. We're we are wrestlers too. And by that being said, we're saying that everything that y'all can do, we can do. And if you watch the divas um the women's revolution documentary. That's all they allude to is how they can actually do every single thing that a male wrestler can do. And they and thus they need to be treated that way. So he basically said that Mick Foley came out there to say that he still looked at them like that play the hell in the cell is dangerous. And I'm giving you a warning, not because you're going into it, but because you're women. That's what he's trying to say. Where and, and, and that if that was the angle. It, it does become kind of like, well, how far did we come just for you to get them special treatment because they're women? Because you can easily say to Seth Rollins, like, you don't belong in this match because you're injury prone. You almost had a career injury. Or to Kevin right. Owens, who's never been in it, who's arguably been healthy the whole time, saying, like, um, we know the type of wrestling that you put on and the stunts that you put on. But this structure ain't something that you can be treating like it's just absolutely nothing, you know? It, right. And Mick Foley was backstage the entire night, you know, with everybody else. So how come we didn't see that segment with Seth Rollins saying, hey, you just got off a career-threatening injury off of nothing. You just turned the wrong way. Your, your year was done. And But then again, you've also critically injured people as well. John Cena had a fish hook in his nose because of Seth Rollins. Yeah, and you're going to go into Hell in a Cell? So Seth Rollins, plus Hell in a Cell, someone may actually die. But, <laughs> but how come uh, how come uh, Mick Foley doesn't go and explain it to the, to him and to the universe? And how come Mick Foley doesn't talk about how his he can't walk and stuff like that? Surely it wasn't because of the 97 King of the Deathmatch tournaments he had where he was lit on fire or the Bob Wire or the electric tubes 
or that entire run of Japan that I can't really speak on of the sh on the show. But look up Terry Funk and, and and Cactus Jack and see what happened. They blew themselves up. It was a problem. But yet Sasha Banks and Charlotte had to be told that it's not really a place for women. It's like walking into a store and having the store clerk say, "Can you sure you can afford that?" Before you even open your wallet, I you're here I, based on prejudice. I just didn't and that's think it was that serious. It's a, it sets that, a precedent, and it tells me that they're not actually moving forward. And that's that's the problem. You want to say revolution, I, show and prove. I mean, you are moving forward because you're allowing you're allowing these the women to to actually be in the cell. I mean, granted, what you I get what you're saying, the point that's being made, but again, with it, so I I get it. I get. I get it. I just, I just didn't see it that way. I say like, okay, well, he's explaining to them the dangers. Okay, what do you do? Like, right? No, it, I, it just, I understand that. I mean, and, and, and it did this. It's it's only opinions. There's no right or wrong. And like you said, Mifflin is definitely in his rights to do so. But I I definitely see his point. I think, yeah, I see it. I thought it was a great promo, nonetheless. Of any highlight of from Monday night, I thought that was a good point, but. Um, I do want to say that I may get to my uh, next point. Speaking of women, uh, Roman Reigns, you are on the list. Now, <laughs> sorry, D Wayne. Be, speaking of women, speaking of women, Roman Reigns is on the list. Now, I'm not calling Roman Reigns a woman yet, but what I will say is why exactly is he a face in this match? Alexander Rusev, because I'm going to call him by his full name, he is defending the honor of his wife. Uh -huh. He's putting up the championship. Uh, Roman Reigns assaulted Lana by smashing her face into a birthday a wedding cake, uh -huh. uh, laughed about it, and then said that he would do it again and then take the belt. Now, don't be, don't be a bully, Roman. Be a star, right? <laughs> now, my thing is, is that how in the world are they booking... Rusev as the heel because if somebody would have done it to Nikki Bella and John Cena, you know, put him through a table, you would go like, yeah, that's right. That's what I would do for my woman. But not in this case because of reasons. I mean, like, given his 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 character, whatever that is, his uh, your ring presence, the, the four moves of doom that he does, um, the fact that he's maintained a somewhat solvent uh, program with, with anyone um, because I think he has the, the personality of like Plato. You can make whatever you want out of it, but it's still just a lump of S. So Roman, I don't understand where this feud is coming from. And I don't understand why he's the good guy when he clearly, he did it all. He, he, he started it. He put the ball in motion and he did it by assaulting a man's wife on the celebration of their wedding. Kind of a jerk move. Uh, number one on this list, and, and I, I touched on it a little bit before about bringing the old uh, back and stuff like that. Uh, number one on this list is Hispanic Heritage Month of the WWE. How dare you uh, bring up how uh, number one? How is your Hispanic Heritage Month? And you only and I've only seen it done on Raw because I really don't watch SmackDown. So there's only going to be four of these. Two of them were wrestlers, and the other two were artists. You're telling me that you couldn't find four consecutive weeks 
of Hispanic wrestlers to, to pay homage to? And, and, and wasn't like one of them Eddie Guerrero and the other one was his uncle? Like, and the rest was like Pitbull and, and Gloria Estefan? Like, what is going on? And you have the goal to say that you're going to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month uh, you know, for the month of September um, because, and, and then let us not forget about the Mexicals. They put <laughs> arguably the greatest luchador of all time. Personally, my personal favorite wrestler of all time, Super Crazy and Seacosis on lawnmowers and had them drive to, down on lawnmowers to the ring. Oh, yeah. Is that on the network? And then they want to talk. Of course it is. Smackdown, about 2003, 2004. Go look it up. I have to find that. That, I remember that. You can't tell me that you're celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month and then the Mexico was happened. Brock Lesnar versus Eddie Guerrero and the mariachi band incident on SmackDown happened. <laughs> How is that a thing? And then you're selling, and then you're then you're doing it all for your Hispanic Heritage Month. And then two of the people that you're doing on your wrestling show are singers. No, no, no Hispanic inventors or activists. Well, maybe I think they maybe have, they may have talked about Cesar Chavez or something like that. But you know, but generally the point is is that we'll give you Pitbull and we'll give you Eddie Guerrero. Let's not forget about the Mexicos. That's a joke. But then again, McMahon also had uh, Donald Trump fill up Marilla Can- Maria Canellas on his way down to the ring also. So there is that. <laughs> I'm going to make my list short since we're clearly running over time. Uh, the one thing I wanted to put on the list definitely was um, the fact that um, they booked uh, Charlotte versus Sasha as the main event for Hell in a Cell. And that that was there's eight main events for Hell in a Cell. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, that was that was a big thing. Like this.